0: And we are live. Good evening, Bitcoiners from around the world. It is Brian, me, the UK Bitcoin master, back with my regular Monday show, back from our little jaunt across the country, and great to be with you uh, all back in the studio. So welcome to the show, everyone. As always, don't forget to pound the like button, smash it, hit that bell button, click all so you get notified uh, when I go live If YouTube plays ball, don't forget to share this out on Twitter. I would greatly appreciate it. Today is the... 10th of May 2021. And as always, people on this channel, strong Bitcoin hand, build that strong hand, build that strong Bitcoin stomach so that you can tune out all the rubbish, all the other noise that is out there. Uh, Very, very quickly, if you are new to the channel down here, whoops, down here is a disclaimer Read it while I'm talking to my regulars, because you ain't going to get financial advice here. So a shout out to Lizelle Lambrex. Great to have you with us, Lizelle. Opset Classified, great to have you with us live. Rocky Palumbo's in the house. Elia Epping is with us. Yorkie Bitcoiner, UK Bitcoin Master, that's me. (laughs) Ha ha! Oops. Uh, Zaza's in the house. Uh, Paul Rolau is in the house. I've seen some others. I know I have. JC Bortis coming in from South Africa. Who else have we got? Uh, silent Lamb. I don't know whether you're back with a silent lamb, but you were with us earlier, as was proud Zionist Jew. Uh, Bitcoin to the moon down in Australia. Give him a shout out. He should be sleeping right now. Sometimes he sneaks into uh, the channel. So if you are with us, BTTM, great to have you with us, but you should be asleep. So You should have read that disclaimer by now. If you are new also, check out UKBitcoinMaster.com and BitcoinInterviews.com. I think they speak for themselves. So check them out. It's where you're going to find all my work. Um, Bitcoin Interviews clearly is where you'll find all my interviews. And at the end of this show, I will be announcing my live guest for this coming Thursday. Really excited about this one. I'm excited about them all, actually. I'm some regular dude who's an OG from the UK who happens to get some great Bitcoiners as guests. And I just want to ask them questions to help maybe noobs or people that are new into Bitcoin to grasp that we all come from different backgrounds. Uh, We all end up going down the Bitcoin rabbit hole uh, and then we lock in and we just uh, dollar cost average and stack. Sats Michael Weber, welcome from the sunny south of the UK. Now, if you want to get my attention, type in UK Bitcoin Master. It will highlight on my second screen over there in uh, bright orange, and I'll give you a shout out. Uh, my lovely wife has just joined us. Elaine, welcome to the show. Great to have you in the house um, as well. Let's get that out of the way. Finally, for anybody that wants to drop a tip and you don't have to, there is my tipping.me address. Uh, I am also trying to sync my umbrel node, although right now that's a bit of a joke. It's been going day 10, I believe, today, and we're on something like 43% synced. So I don't know what the hell is going on there but it's really a slow one. But hopefully then I'll have the lightning channel up and running on there as well. So let me get that out of the way. If you want to drop a tip, that's in the show notes as well. Also in the show notes, you will find a link to my backup channel, UK Bitcoiner, because I at the risk of sounding boring. I've had this channel taken down once already for no reason because I am not controversial. I try not to be controversial. I just want to deliver content for noobs and intermediates and anybody that wants to come and listen to me. Um, So I don't know why it went down, but I set up a backup channel called UK Bitcoiner. If you find that and you subscribe, Nothing gets posted there, you won't get any notifications. It is a dormant channel in case this one gets taken down again for any reason, so it is well worth tuning into or well worth subscribing to, um, I should say. So without further ado, let's get on over to the desktop. Let's have a very quick look at the charts, see what's going on. And if you're new to Bitcoin, you'd be going, oh my Lord, what is happening with that? That is why, in my opinion, that is a one day chart. You should look at nothing less than an annual chart, in my opinion. Uh, You hear it all the time. Uh, Once you've been in Bitcoin for a full cycle, okay, that is when you really get, I mean, you get Bitcoin before, but when you've done a full cycle, you've done a halving, you've done a bull run, you've watched it correct up to 80%. You've seen it as I have sat in a bear market, Uh, the lowest of the low, just going sideways for nearly over two years, actually, all of 18, all of 19 and a bit of 20, uh, then you know what is like to have that strong bitcoin hand and again for those of you that don't believe what i'm saying if you're just finding this channel go back through my video archives and find some of my live streams from 18 and 19 and you will clearly see that even in the bear market i am mega bullish on bitcoin why because i look at a one year chart and now a 5 year chart and if you look at a 5 year chart and you look down here this was the high of 2017 it looks like a a blip in the road compared to this and this will become a blip in the road down the road as bitcoin goes through 100k 500k whatever it's going to do over time these will all just be bumps in the road when you take that view it's called a low time preference um that then You'll know that Bitcoin is just generally going in an upward direction. Now to, to, <coughs> excuse me, to start the show, I'm going to do something slightly different. and that is, I want to talk about some recent events and how those recent events can influence people down the wrong path. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to start off with a three-minute video that if you haven't seen, at the end of the show, the full video will be put in the show notes. And it's worth looking at it to see just how easily we can all be duped by people with influence in the media. Now, if you haven't heard, um, a TV... I don't know what you call him, show, chat show host, I be, I believe. His name is Bill Mayer or Ma. He did a show recently and for 10 minutes he, he ran a tirade on Bitcoin, slamming it, etc, etc. And then, and I didn't know this, and then I found... a a YouTube video from Kitco, I believe it's called, where this very pretty lady, I have to say, she interviewed Michael Saylor. So I'm going to run this short video clip. And then there's another one that I'm going to run. And I'm going to talk about it in between. So let's just enjoy this clip together in case you haven't seen it yet.
1: Barford was cited by comedian Bill Maher, who's now become a big Bitcoin basher, and Marr dedicated a big chunk of his recent show to criticizing cryptos. It was a 10 minute long tirade, so we spliced a few of the highlights and I wanna get your thoughts on them. Let's watch.
2: Maybe this is why Warren Buffett says, cryptocurrencies basically have no value and they don't produce anything. What you hope is that somebody else comes along and pays you more money for them later on, but then that, that person's got the problem. In terms of value, zero. Or as another analyst put it, it's an open Ponzi scheme. It's like having an imaginary best friend who's also a banker. There is something inherently not credible about creating hundreds of billions in virtual wealth with nothing ever actually being accomplished and no actual product made or service rendered. It's like Tinkerbell's light. Its power source is based solely on enough children believing in it.
1: Yamar certainly not mincing his words. So why is he wrong, Michael? What is the intrinsic value of Bitcoin beyond the fact that people have ascribed value to it and believe in it?
2: Again, it's the most disruptive technology of our lifetime. And so it's the butt of jokes. Comedians will make fun of it. I imagine that uh, comedians probably made jokes about planes, trains, and automobiles in their time. He's wrong because um, let's just, you could knock them off one at a time. Uh, the greater fool observation. Why is he wrong about that? He's wrong because uh, when the Romans pumped water into a reservoir, um, they didn't put it in the reservoir because they thought a greater fool would pay them more money for the water in the future. They put it in the reservoir because they thought they might need water in the future. Um, when you actually store food in a refrigerator, you don't put it in the refrigerator because you're going to sell it to a greater fool in the future. You put it in the refrigerator because you think you might be hungry in the future. And when you charge your battery, you don't put electricity in a battery because you want to sell it to a greater fool in the future. You put electricity in your battery because you need the power in the future. So he, he doesn't understand that this is really, in essence, storing energy for future use and uh, and the idea that you shouldn't store energy for future use is a silly notion, right? And I think there's biblical biblical stories about you know the the comedian making fun of people that stored up you know during times of plenty against a famine, and then seven years of famine come and the people that actually stored the food live, and the people that didn't store the food starve to death. So uh, Bill is like making light of storing energy in order to live a a better life in the future. Uh, People that don't understand energy systems, right? They don't understand reservoirs. They don't understand batteries. They don't understand aqueducts. They don't understand refrigerators, right? They just, you know, they just don't understand. But if he understood it, then he wouldn't make that joke.
0: So what what did we extrapolate from that? That um, this TV guy has just gone on TV, used his show to reach millions and then just trounced Bitcoin. Okay, and here's the problem. Um, He is influencing a lot of people. Okay, it didn't end there though, because then he started trouncing how much energy it uses, etc., etc. And I want to run this clip and then I'll tell you about another show that I watched today and what I took from that show, you know, being the basic Bitcoiner that I am, that I didn't know before I watched that channel this morning, that I wanted to quote a few things to you. Uh, so let's just watch the second clip and then we'll talk.
1: On the whole topic of energy, he did also go off on how environmentally unfriendly uh bitcoin is was raging on about the massive carbon footprint i mean the stats differ some say bitcoin has a carbon footprint comparable to that of new zealand that it consumes more electricity than the entire annual energy consumption of the netherlands i mean various different stats from various different sources according to the cambridge bitcoin electricity consumption index bitcoin mining operations worldwide now use energy at the rate of the same annual domestic electric consumption of the entire nation of Sweden. Michael, different stats, but they emphasize the fact that there's huge energy consumption here. In this era of sustainability and ESG and Green New Deals, do you see that as a potential issue?
2: Well, first of all, I think there's something cruel and tasteless about an entitled rich white male that wants to deprive billions of poor women and children and men in Africa, Asia, and South America of the basic human right of economic self-preservation so he can generate some laughs. Um, And so I think the entire Bitcoin community, they they just find it to be tasteless uh, what what he's done and elitist. Uh, With regard to energy, again, I... He's a comedian. He hasn't spent a hundred hours studying it. The world generates 160,000 terawatt hours of energy a year of that 50,000 terawatt hours of energy is wasted like 30% of that. 120 terawatt hours is used to run the entire Bitcoin network. To put that in perspective, that's seven and a half basis points of all the energy in the world. The truth of the matter is everything on Earth uses more power than a small country. <laughs> uh, Bill Maher uses 10 times, or electricity that, that costs 10 times as much as the electricity used in the Bitcoin network to enrich himself. And he's not, he's not really thinking about it, if you take all the energy used in the Bitcoin network, it amounts to 25 basis points of all the wasted energy. So one quarter of 1% of the wasted energy in the world offers the hope of a decent life to 8 billion people and solves an economic problem. And uh and but that the 25 basis points is is of the wasted energy because the Bitcoin network is the bidder of last resort for all energy. So if you eliminated Bitcoin from the world and you robbed the billions of people of a decent chance at a decent life, then you wouldn't stop any waste. You're still gonna waste 50,000 terawatt hours of energy. So he's, he's focused upon a nothing. If you actually study the Bitcoin network, you'll find that there's about a trillion dollars of assets under management. It's secured by about $2 billion worth of energy a year. Uh, call it 20 basis points. 20 basis points of the uh, of the energy and the network uh, is the cost to secure it. Now that that energy probably costs about two cents a kilowatt hour. Uh, that's what's being paid for it, maybe. And in many cases, it is literally discarded energy, and there is zero value for it. No one would pay anything for it. So its marginal value to the human race is literally zero. Whereas The marginal cost of consumer energy and industrial energy is 9 to 11 or 11 to 13 cents a kilowatt hour. When people are watching Bill Maher on their iPads and their iPhones, they're paying at least 13 cents a kilowatt hour. Plus, they pumped it into their lithium ion batteries on their devices, which probably jacked up the cost by a factor of 10 He's got no problem with them watching, getting laughs, right? Wealthy people getting laughs on expensive energy. Meanwhile, people that are destitute in the rest of the world have a chance at a decent life using marginal cast-off energy, and anybody would deny them that. I can only say, giving him the benefit of a doubt, he's a comedian, and he's playing this for laughs, and his job is is to act like a fool, and um if you take uh, economic political or technical advice from a fool what does that make you
0: so he's actually doing this to gain laughs he's doing no research whatsoever into it and then off the back of that i was watching um max and stacy's orange pill uh, podcast this morning And I've heard the name Alex Gladstein, but I didn't really know much about the guy. And I was on my treadmill doing some exercises, had YouTube running, and I put this on. And some really interesting stuff came out during that Orange Peel podcast. And and this is, by the way, how we all learn. You've got you've got to put in the man hours. It is so easy for me to know. I've got some Bitcoin. I don't need to learn all that stuff. But the more you learn, the more it cements why you are involved in Bitcoin. So I was watching this this um, interview with Max Stacy and Alex Gladstein. And then all of a sudden, it came to this Bill Maher rant again. And I've taken some notes because even I'm learning. I just choose to put a YouTube show out there, but I'm just still learning. And Alex said, and I'm going to sort of quote this, he said, um, he took nearly all, he took all of that data for that 10 minute rant um, on national TV. He took all of that data from a paper written in 2018. Firstly, that's three years old. Next thing, It assumes, that paper, this is Alex's words, assumes that Bitcoin will do 300 billion transactions per year and that Bitcoin itself, the main chain, will do almost all the world's daily transactions. This is wrong, he said. Today, Bitcoin does around 300 million transactions a year. And it will probably never do more than 7 to 10 transactions per second. Don't pick me apart. This is what Alex said on the Orange Peel podcast. As most transactions going forward will be done on second level solutions like lightning and things like lightning, maybe liquid. And then unfortunately through custodians as well. Um, Although, you know, lightning and stuff would be more, more better aligned with the Bitcoin ideals, I guess. So basically... To summarise, Bill Maher doesn't have a clue what he is talking about. He is spitting from a paper that he does not understand how Bitcoin becomes and is the base layer. And then all the second, third layers are built on top of it that will move the money around the world and run finances, etc., etc. That That's the, the simple way of saying that. So he just doesn't have a clue. And the trouble is by spitting out this incorrect information, what he's actually doing, he's almost taking away opportunities from those people that are pretty, you know, sort of switched on people that hear what he's got to say as an influencer and then walk straight past Bitcoin. So um, as Michael Saylor said, he's just doing it to get laughs. He wants to bash it. Um, He's on the Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger train as well. And here's the thing, people. If you listen to the right content creators, the right people, and you get yourself into Bitcoin, I believe, and it's only my personal belief, that you will have the last laugh. And I believe that in 10 to 20 years from now, almost all transactions related to Bitcoin will be done off-chain on lightning and things or whatever comes along. So he's so wrong It's incredible. I also want to learn. Michael Saylor is an engineer and I want to learn about the energy because one of the arguments that comes up is our Bitcoin consumes all the energy. And how do you learn all this stuff and take it all into your head and then try and remember it when you come from a trucking background like I do um, and try and remember it and deliver that succinctly, fluidly, not over 10 hours, but over 30 seconds, a minute or so to somebody that I Ask the question, well, what about all the energy it consumes? How the heck do you do all that? So the only thing I can say is we have to be willing to consume information, to learn, to absorb and take as much in as we can. And experts say that if you're given a load of information, your brain will retain around 10 or 15% of it. So I keep going on these different podcasts. Sometimes I think, do I really want to watch that? And then I watch it like the orange pill one this morning. And then I watch it. And this bit came up with Alex Gladstein. And I thought, oh, my Lord, that came just at the right time for my show later on um, today. So You know, brilliant from Alex Gladstein. Brilliant. Very quickly, I've seen Michael Lillianfeld. I think that is Michael. Hello. Lance Hoddle's in the house. Bram VDB. Great to have you with us. Um, I don't think I've missed anybody out. If you want to get my attention, type in UK Bitcoin Master and I will gladly give you a shout out. Hold on. Make sure I haven't missed any. Got Two computers going on, people. Sorry. No, last one was Michael Weber. So I hope some of you found that useful. After the show, I will put the link to Bill Maher's full 10 minute rant in, as well as the link to that full Kitco News um, show, 30 minutes, if you want to watch it on 1.5x I personally found it very helpful um, for me, um, and I'm sure somebody either now watching live in the show or down the road will find something of interest for them. So um, I hope you do. Right. Um, I had some articles lined up, but I don't I like I don't like to go too long on my shows. But I'm going to go to the desktop and very quickly rattle through them. Firstly, I found this one. Bitcoin and the housing market collide as home sellers increasingly accept crypto. This is basically somebody that decided to sell the home or she's an estate agent and decided to sell it and asked uh, for Bitcoin um, for the sale. Now, personally, anybody in the right mind right now that would do that, I think is totally nuts. But hey, some people will. And I guess we will at some point move into a world where we will buy and sell goods through Bitcoin. So that's one I saw. I saw this one. If you think Bitcoin is not going anywhere, I heard also on another podcast I watched today um, that you know, people are getting fed up with Bitcoin moving in this sideways range when all the alts are pumping. Here's what I want to say to you. I want you to, if you're not aware of it, learn the story of the tortoise and the hare. Okay, so the hair goes off like a bull in a china shop and the tortoise just creeps along. The hair runs out of steam and the tortoise keeps creeping along and eventually goes by it. Now, let me bring that in line with Bitcoin and alts. Alts are going to pump and everyone's going to say they're taking Bitcoin's market share away. Listen, do you want to be involved in something that has a massive run up and makes you a load of money on paper? And then all of a sudden that is wiped out in a heartbeat because that's what most people that do in alts, they get totally wrecked. All you need to do, people, is stay in Bitcoin. And we've even now got Ray Dalio's from Bridgewater's CFO, chief financial officer, is leaving to work on Bitcoin full time. So these people ain't going to be doing that if Bitcoin's going to zero. You've got Citi in the U.S. just realised it can't beat Bitcoin. So it's considering joining Bitcoin. It is all happening, people. Then you've got FUD like this, the SEC chairman, um, Gary Gensler. uh, Bitcoin is a store of value, but needs greater investor protection. I guess he's coming from the big investors that will come in uh, so that they've got the same protection as what they get in the traditional financial markets. But this is Bitcoin, people. You live or die by the sword. You lose your private keys, you lose your funds. So, But I'm coming from us plebs perspective. I'm not coming from institutions perspectives. But, you know, so they're saying that we need more regulation. I don't think we can get away from it. You know, the libertarians will chew me chew my head off for that. But I don't think we're going to go to 500,000, a million or more of Bitcoin without all the regulation being in place for these massive institutions to start piling into Bitcoin. So take that uh, how you will. And then you've got this one from the Bank of England governor. Bitcoin holders should be prepared to lose all their money, says the Bank of England governor. Okay, right. Maybe uh, because he's giving financial advice, he's saying that. I always say don't invest what you can't afford to lose. So that if you lost it all, your life would continue as it does now. That's all you should invest. Loading credit cards, you know, selling your, your house, your grandmother and all the rest of it, your, your, your mother-in-law, whatever. No. Invest what you can afford to lose because whilst most of us just do not believe Bitcoin is going to zero, you have to be prepared to lose it all because it is a financial asset and, you know, nobody can predict the future. Uh, But, you know, for him to say that, you know, how many people, how many investors has he put off by coming out with that? So just some Articles that are relevant um today for the show. I'm I was more excited by going through what we've just been through with um the the Bill Maher thing and trying to put that to bed for those people that got a little bit bothered by it. And you know if you're new to all of this, you can get bothered by it. That's the thing. So hopefully I've helped some of you, one or two of you there. Quick shout to Matt Underhill, uh, the Bitcoin book. Great book. Well worth a read. It's on Amazon. I've got it. I've read it twice. Fantastic book for beginners to give to somebody who you're trying to get interested in Bitcoin. Um, just a quick shout there. Uh, found some great tweets. As always, you know me in tweets um, from Ruzan. If Dogecoin was worth nothing before a celebrity started joking about it, how could it actually be worth anything now? Here, here, there are two trains of thought. I was watching Peter McCormack's co- podcast earlier uh with um American Hoddle and surfer jim and um there's a bit of a debate going on there. You know, one one army is in the camp of, well, personal responsibility. If you go and get wrecked, if you listen to a, a celebrity like that, that's, that's your fault. Now, I came from a non-trading background and it would have been, it could have been so easy for me to have seen a tweet from Elon Musk and been influenced by that. Does that make me a bad person? Does that make me stupid? No, because sometimes we don't get to the right commentators quick enough. And we make these investment decisions based on these influencers like the Bill Mars of the world and Elon Musk, etc. So my argument is he is doing the masses a huge disservice because many of them are going to put their life savings into Doge, believing that Doge is going to be their ticket to a better life for them and their families. Then him and the big guns will ultimately dump at some point, And these poor noobs like me, not me now, but when I joined and these people just finding out about it have invested maybe their life savings into it and the thing goes to zero. So I don't personally think Elon Musk is doing it. I think he's doing millions of ordinary people a massive disservice. If you disagree with me, by all means, put something in the comments. I'm okay with all of that. That's just my own personal view. CK. Now, CK from Bitcoin Magazine, I've had him on my show recently as a live guest. So check out bitcoininterviews.com. CK knows his stuff. He doesn't mince his words or pull his punches where Bitcoin and poop coins are concerned. If you can't put your head down and stack with conviction when Bitcoin is being outperformed by altcoin hype, and that's all it is hype, then you don't deserve the glory when the market corrects, as it always will. Stop bitching and start stacking. And too many people see these alts, you know, with these crazy numbers going X this, X that, 50X, 10X, 20X, 40X. And they think, oh, this is the new Bitcoin. This is the next Bitcoin. I need to get into it. CK is saying, and I'm saying, no, you don't. If you've got any common sense, these people, they are in it. And 10 days later, they want to make a fortune. Low time preference people, one year, ten year time frames, in my opinion. Do what did I am I teaching you that? No, I've been learning from Michael Saylor. You know, the guy's right. You go and look at the hourly chart, the daily chart, and you think, oh crikey, look at this. It peaked, now it's going down. That is short-term thinking, and you must. Build long term thinking, as Bitcoin Meister says. Delay gratification. Don't buy that TV or that new car. Put it into Bitcoin and lock it up for 10 years and see where you go. Dollar cost averaging whenever you can for four years, eight years, 10 years, 20 years if you're in your 20s and 30s. And you tell me if I was giving you the right information on this show in 2021 or the wrong information. Then Max Kaiser, when I started buying Bitcoin in 2011, the entire crypto market cap was under 50 million. I've seen it all. In fact, I've seen it all at least three times. The only thing you need to do is hodl Bitcoin. Everything else is centralized garbage run by scammers. 220,000 Bitcoin in 2021, still in play, he says. Let's see how the rest of the year plays out, but you know, very very bullish on Bitcoin and where it's going. And on a personal level, I've really got into the uh, Max Ki- Max and Stasis or the Matt. What is it? Is um uh, his. 25 minutes every couple of days. I can't think what it's called now. Um, really good, really interesting learning loads more about economies and not just Bitcoin. Uh, I've dipped my toe into the orange pill a little bit, thoroughly enjoyed today's one. Um, but, you know, he talks a lot of sense, in my opinion. Whoops, I don't know what happened there. I like this one from Nut Svanholm. Nut is famous within the Bitcoin community. When you cannot know how much a person owns, and when you can't take it by force, there's just no way of enriching yourself uh, other than by providing something of value to your fellow man. And that's the beauty of Bitcoin. You can't find out how much a personal owns. You can't take it by force because anybody that has their Bitcoin tried to be taken by force. Well, guess what happens? They go and have a boating accident, uh, lol sorry, my curse has just disappeared again. It keeps happening on me. You're going to have to be patient with me. It'll come back in a second. Yeah, this proves we're live, doesn't it? My curse has gone. <laughs> Don't you just love it when something like this goes wrong when you're totally live? Uh, my Bill 6 welcome to the show. Uh, great to have you with us. Pound the like button, please. That's really important. What else? Uh, Bitcoin is saving, says fiat shills think that altcoins are taking market share from Bitcoin. This is delusional. Altcoins are taking market share from fiat. And in fact, I apologize. That is one from the last show that I didn't delete out. So it shouldn't be there. Uh, So what about this one? Is this one? uh, Yeah. Sean Harris. I don't know how he's done this, but he's Set his Twitter up so that you can't retweet him. Um, I don't know how he's done that, but he has for some reason. Sean Harris, you bought Doge because some rich guru or celebrity told you to buy it. Elon Musk. I bought Bitcoin after a following slash researching it for two years and then studying it and money intensely since buying it. You asked when I should I sell my Doge? I declare I'm never selling my Bitcoin. We are not alike. What a great tweet that is, people. These altcoiners, when should I sell? When should I sell? When should I sell? All you'll hear Bitcoiners say buy get it off an exchange onto a hardware device. My preference is a Trezor and then hodl it for the long term. We're not looking for when the market is up and then we sell out. Of course, depending on our age, depending on why we're in Bitcoin, we've all got to have some kind of strategy where you take something off the table. Uh, You know, so at some point, I believe we'll be in a world where we will buy and sell and move value around in Bitcoin and we won't go into fiat. But how far off that is, I really couldn't tell you. Get in there, says Rocky Palumbo. I love this quote, people. Everything comes to you at the right time. Be patient. Think about that. People will get their value from Bitcoin when it is the right time for the, them to get that value. People will come into Bitcoin later, sooner, some, you know, I, I wish I got in you know, when people like Bitcoin Meister and, and um you know, maybe Roger Ver and uh, Max Kaiser got in and Trace Mayer, but I didn't. So I got in when the timing was right for me to get in. Maybe if somebody had called me two or three years before, I might have laughed it out of the water and ignored it and moved on. So... Timing is everything, in my opinion. So everything comes to us when we are ready to accept it, people. So I hope you found that slightly different show. I won't even say enjoyable, enlightening, helpful, useful. If you did, please like it, tweet it, subscribe to the channel, bash the bell button and click all so you get notified when I go live. Now what I want to do to finish up the show is tell you about my live guest this coming Thursday. You may have heard of him. You may not have heard about him. But if you haven't heard about him, I was watching him earlier today on the Peter McCormack uh, show, and he called Peter McCormack out, which I take my hat off to him. He didn't pull his punches. They had a, a good debate over the situation. But my guest this coming Thursday is a guy called Surfer Jim now surfer jim is in america um he loves surfing obviously we'll go into his background on thursday um he is now uh, getting quite famous across twitter because he tweeted out how disappointed he was at the bitcoin conference 21 coming up in june in miami um shamath Palipatia, i believe it's called and um I think it was Eric Voorhees, were invited to come and speak. Hanni tweeted out his disdain at that. And there was some kind of tweet storm took off. Chamath came back and and lashed his tongue at him, and it just went on, and Bitcoin has got behind him. So I'll be talking to Surfer Jim about that on Thursday, as well as how he got into Bitcoin. He is without a doubt, if you want to know what Surfer Jim is like, go and watch Peter McCormack's latest podcast with him and American Hoddle. and you listen to Surfer Jim before my show on Thursday, and you'll get an idea of how pro-Bitcoin and how anti altcoins, he calls them something else, poop coins, whatever he is. And I'm looking forward to chatting with Jim on Thursday. So come and join us on Thursday, 6pm London time for that. Beyond that, people, have a great week, whatever you're doing. Do come back afterwards, refresh your phone or your, your computer and go into the comments section and just put a message. It helps Keep this up on YouTube so more people can find it. I know, you know, many of you with the best will in the world, yeah, I'm going to do that, and then maybe get sidetracked and you don't. I'm asking you all, it will take 30 seconds of your time. Just come back in to the comments, leave a message crap show, great show you know, hello, anything, so we can keep this up the YouTube rankings and get more eyeballs on this show. Beyond that, people, I will catch you all on Thursday. Have a great morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are. I'll leave you with my social media links. Don't forget to tweet it out. I'm Brian, the UK Bitcoin Master, signing off for now. Thanks for your support. As always, I'll catch you on Thursday when I'll be interviewing Surfer Jim. Cheers all.